Hello, everyone, and welcome to Paranormal Roundtable. I'm your host, Josh Turner, also known as Wolf. And with me today is going to be Anthony. You want to say hello? Hello, everyone. Good evening. Good morning. Whatever it is, wherever you are. Yeah, and we're going to have a guest. And and do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Nick Valenti. I'm from the North American Dogman Project. And it's great to be with you guys. Yeah, and it's great to have you. We've been uh, talking about doing a show together for a while, and it's just been really hectic. Uh, I'm very busy. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, we're both very busy people. And uh, so let, let me uh, get started with this. We're going to give the email address. It's Josh Turner at prtpodcast.com. Josh Turner at prtpodcast.com. Send me your stories. Don't don't second guess yourself. I get a lot of people saying, well, I don't know if this is worth telling. Just send it to me. I read the stories, you know, even if it doesn't make to, make it to the show and you just want to talk or whatever. I'll, I'll do my best to try to get back to you. I try to answer as many as I can. I just, I'm kind of backlogged. I'm kind of the one that has to retell the stories. So it's, uh, yeah. And I have a lot of stories. Everybody knows. And I get a lot of stories. Got a pretty uh, crazy one I was reading earlier, actually. It was uh, like two or three pages long, but it was pretty good. So just send me your stories. Don't, don't second guess yourself, folks. Just send it to me. I, I'm not going to judge you. Just send them to me. Also, uh, just remember, we have a Patreon set up. Do you want to talk about that real quick, Anthony? Yeah, we just uh, set up our Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash prtpodcast, I believe is the URL. And uh, we'll have a link to it down in the description of the videos on YouTube as well. And right now we have three tiers. We have a $3 tier, $3 a month tier, $5 a month tier, and a $10 a month tier. And uh, each one ha- has their own has their own perks. Yeah, a little set of perks. So, and we're not going to check that out. Get into all what they are. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, but no, no. no. We, you can go to the website and check it out. Yeah, go to the website and check it out, and and let's get that done. Don't want to sit there and hound people for that, but it is something that we've been working on, and that's a good way to support the show. Also, we have a merchandise that we sell on in the prtpodcast.com. dot com. Go get you a hoodie, a face mask. Uh, what else we got? Got drawstring bags, backpacks, uh, mugs, phone covers, t-shirts, t-shirts, hoodies, stickers, stickers, yeah, all kinds of stuff. And we and every week, as always, we do give away a book. Uh, we have a book giveaway uh, every week, and then we're gonna keep doing that. Don't don't miss our Tuesdays Q and A, our live chat seven thirty, uh, and we talk about all kinds of stuff. We're gonna be doing that uh, every. Tuesday, and then I'm going to be on with Ryan on a whisper to a scream. That I believe is at 7:15 on Sundays when he drops that. And so, getting all this out of the way here, we have the groups like Ryan's Paranormal uh, Whisper to a Scream group, and then we have uh, my group, which is Paranormal Roundtable, and then there's Nelly's group, which is Paranormal Lounge, and then there's Mushu Tony's, uh, my part-time co-host, and his group is paranormal encounters and like i said he's been out he's been really really working a lot and doing you know he's been out on post working for us doing the the security thing i have a security company that's my main source of income i don't do this for a living folks i do this as start out as a hobby but you know we got to pay for the show so uh, we got to do what we got to do so getting all that out of the way I think that's everything, right? Yeah. We had to get all that stuff out of the way. So we're going to get to this uh, to this, inter- this interview, and I'm stoked about this. Nick, I've talked to you multiple times. You have a group, oh, too. God, you want to yeah. talk about your groups? Well, it's the uh, North American Dogman Project, Region 3. I also have just started the International Dogman Project, uh, Nordic Countries, and that's for our international crowd, even though... Uh, my Region 3 North American Dogman group has over 300 members that are international. 
we decided to start something over in Europe, and I have a, uh, a lady on the ground, sort of speak, over there. She goes out into the forest areas in uh, Finland in search of Dogman and, and the Sasquatch that they have over there. And uh, she's giving the, uh, the European crowd their stories while, while I'm over here giving uh, you know, everybody else as much as I can give them on United States and Canada and, and South America. Yeah. And you work, you work with Jody Cook, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's our boss, Jody Cook. Jody's yeah. out of Ohio, and that's the guy that started it all. And he's been really busy. Is he still doing the uh, documentary? Is that What's the word on that? Oh, God, he's doing so many things right now. He's still finishing up on the documentary. And uh, the problem with that is, you know, of course, COVID, getting people to, to get over there and people that catch it, they got to, you know, replace them and everything. But he's still working on it. And he's got a couple other projects in the making also. So he's he's doing actually three or four things at once. Yeah, and Jody and Jody and me have talked multiple times about, you know, he's going to come on the show eventually too. But I've just had so much going on, and Jody has too. So aside from Jody and what he's got going on, you have things going on too, and you're a very busy person, and you've lived a pretty colorful life. Um, having talked to you multiple times also, we share a lot of the same – ideas and you have a passion for this just like I do. And, uh, I like your, uh, attitude. You're very, you're very, uh, you're humble, but you're also very energetic and, and passionate about what you do. Folks, I can attest to the, to the fact that Nick puts a lot of time and effort into, into this, uh, subject. That being said, Nick, I have a couple questions to get started with you. Okay. Shoot. Okay. The first, the first one is, uh, where'd you come up with those cool shirts? <laughs> You guys have some pretty cool designs. You sent us some T-shirts, and folks, I'm going to try and put those on the. Uh, we'll have them on. I believe we'll be we'll put them on the show. But my my wife, I took a picture when we put one in your uh, group, and then we we posted that. Oh yeah, she was, that was a good one. I really like that one. Yeah. yeah, she really likes that shirt, and and it's really cool. It's really nice. I like the. Who came up with that idea? Well, I I modified the um the patch. That's on the left sleeve, mm-hmm. and uh, we modified the original patch that Jody had, and we put our own Dogman uh, in, insignia on there. And then, of course, I wanted the United States flag, and the printing company screwed that up. They put the stars facing the wrong way, but I, after ordering a 1,000 shirts, I couldn't exactly send them back. Uh, the back paw, you know, that's, that's something Jody had on the original patch, and I decided to do a Blood Moon version of it. And that, that was a little crazy, trying to get that all together. But we finally did. And uh, for all my people listening who ordered hoodies, they're coming in. They really messed the back, uh, the back uh, portion of that up. As you can see on your shirt, it's a nice orange and yellow and red blood moon. Well, they sent me a purple and uh, greenish moon. And I, I couldn't put up with that, so they have to redo that one. They're going to be sending it in. Well, that's that's awesome because the shirts came out really nice. I really like the designs. I like the way that they came out. I like the uh, the look of it. And uh, mine is a little small. Uh, I'm a <laughs> big guy. So, yeah, so I, I tried to put mine on, and I was like the Incredible Hulk on there. But Nellie's just loving her shirt. She's, she's all into it. So, But luckily, I got two people in the house. Uh, my brother and his son both are 3X, so... Yeah, but I'm I'm holding on to my shirt until I can lose maybe more weight so I can get into it. But I found out some bad news today. I found out that that my my body has decided to stop at the weight that it's at and is adjusted to this weight. <laughs> so according to this holistic 
uh, medicine person that's been, she's helped me a lot. And, and so she's told me a lot of, uh, she's from Germany and she's, she's got a, a, a holistic medicine store here in Austin and pretty much everything she said up to this point has been spot on when she's helped me out. So she told me today that, that I'm, it's, it, the, the weight is going to be slow to lose. But once I get past this certain point, then it'll start to lose again like it was. So you're talking like for about a month or two, you're only going to be able to lose about half a pound a week. And, uh, yeah. And so you look real buff if you can just squeeze into that three X shirt. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I mean, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty muscular guy, but I got a spare tire too. Do what? (laughs) What'd you say, Nick? I was saying that so you're trying to brag if you squeeze into that shirt. Check his pecs out. Oh, Look at his abs. I'm a, I'm a pretty muscular person, but I also got a big old spare tire down at the bottom of that. So I'm sitting there going like, oh, man, I, it just if I get rid of that. But, uh, yeah, oh, it, it's man. those shirts are nice. But anyway, beyond that, I wanted to ask you another question. How did you get involved with the NADP, the North American Dogman Project? Well, I, I had been in cryptozoology for, oh, boy, about – 14 years before I got involved with the NADP and I had been going throughout the whole country actually because the the job I was doing kind of allowed me time to do that. I've been to Washington State, Oregon in search of uh, Bigfoot, up into Canada in search of Wendigo, down in, I crossed the border into Mexico in search of Chupacabra. Of course, where I live in New Jersey, I've been down to the Pine Barrens for the Jersey Devil. been over to West Virginia for the uh, Mothman. And um, after actually satisfying myself on a, actually, I, I need to back up. My whole deal as a 14 researcher and a cryptozoologist, I'm, I'm in this to prove or disprove the existence of these cryptids. Mm-hmm. And I'm just in it for the science. I don't care about the fame. I don't care about making money because I've I taken, taken my own money. Plenty of that too, so I'm yeah. not fine with that. So I'm out there. I'm I'm really into the science of cryptozoology. I mean, I've taken some diploma courses last year. I've read over 116 books on cryptos, you know, cryptids, and I can't tell you how many thousands of articles on the internet and in, in magazines and papers I've read. But to get to back to answering your question, back in uh, September of 2013, I had an encounter, and I didn't mean to have this encounter, but I did have an encounter, and it changed my whole way of thinking. And uh, it was uh, 11.32 p.m. at night. I was coming back from some training, and I decided to go over a mountain to get home because it would have saved me 15 minutes. So I just wanted to go home. We, were, we had been training for over 11 hours that day, and uh, I went up over the mountain and went into a place called Wachung Reservation. Now, Josh, I'm going to tell it here for the first time on your show. I've been saving it since, you know, for over seven years now. And I've been saving it for a reason, because I wanted to check out the area myself with my team. And I generally go in with seven people. I didn't want anyone else kind of polluting the area because of what I saw. And I never saw something like this before in my life. It was 1132 at night. I was in Wachung Reservation. Uh, I'm driving a Jeep Wrangler, had all my lights on, high beams, pitch dark. It's a place where people go to bring their families during the daytime. It's a huge forest area. They they have a, uh, a lake that goes through there. I've been there, I can't tell you how many times as a, a child with my parents and 
ever since then I've, I've used to go up here too hiking and the uh my high beams hit something as I hit the top of the mountain and there's a there's an oval up there and my high beams hit something it reflected and I saw something that I thought was a large bear it was right at a stop sign and that that's what ref the reflection was from I went around the circle and I put on my highlighters on the top of the roof and I lit up something that I had never seen in my life. I, I just couldn't believe what I saw. Uh, I was thinking it was a bear, and I saw a bicycle that was chained to the stop sign post. And my first thoughts were that this bear is eating a human. So I stepped out. I had a, a weapon on me because I had been training during the daytime. And I also had bear spray. And I was approximately 25 feet away. And I say approximately 25 feet away because I went back the next day. And what I saw to me uh, at the time, I could only say was a, I thought it was a werewolf. You know, to me, it was, I never heard of a dog man before. This thing, this creature was chewing on a piece of flesh. Uh, as I got out, I had my, my pepper spray, my bear spray ready to shoot. It didn't even look at me. And from what I could see, it was actually chewing on a piece of a deer. And I'm looking at this thing, and, and now that I'm more educated with the dog man, it was a, uh, there's seven different types of dog man, but it was a, uh, a canine variant one. Uh, it didn't even look at me. It just kept chewing, and then uh, I felt like it had this attitude of, huh, you're, you're insignificant. And after chewing, it dropped what it was holding, and it walked away into the woods. I, I, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing at the time. I mean, I wasn't shocked or standing there, you know, in, in any sort of shock or anything, but I'm, I'm looking at this thing, and it just ignored me. It walked into the woods. So here's something I saw with my own eyes after having, you know, searched for cryptids for about 15, 16 years already. And I've proven to myself what a Jersey devil was, what a chubacabra was. And I'm looking at this thing saying, oh, I mean, I saw this in movies, a werewolf. And werewolves were like men turning into werewolves. And uh, This thing wasn't anywhere near six foot tall. This thing was, when I went back the next day, I did measure it uh, in accordance to the sign. There was a stop sign there. It was seven feet, seven inches tall when I laid out a, a ruler over there on the stop sign. Uh, it walked off, and then I'm still standing there in a defensive posture, and less than a minute later, I saw about 150 feet away from me in the sky, I saw a oval white light. It was super bright. And then it went off. Uh, I went in back into my car. I, have, I always carry a spotlight with me. And I hit it on the entire area, and there was nothing there. I'll tell you one thing that I never hear mentioned when people have an encounter with a dog man, and I guess I'll be putting it out there now, is that there was a terrible scent. And it wasn't, and people said to me, oh, it probably came from the deer. No, it wasn't from the deer. This thing smelled like uh, urine and blood mixed together. Now, my background is police background. And I have some paramilitary background, and I've smelled blood, and I've smelled 
poop. I've smelled pee. Uh, but this thing was a nasty mix of both. And uh, the next day when I went back, I walked deeper into the uh, forest area that it walked. And I could smell some of it still there. And that's, that's actually how I got started here with the NADP. I went back and I was looking it up, what this thing could be. And I came across NADP and contacted Jody Cook. And, you know, we spoke and, you know, the rest from there is history. And so from, you know, and then you, and then you did, you started doing lots and lots of research on this creature and, and just. Tons, tons of research on this creature, Josh. It's, it's like. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I mean, I went on online and I was, you know, hitting everything. I was absorbing everything I could possibly, you know, look at, you know, because this, this creature was evidently seen back in 1887 in Wexford County, Michigan by uh, two lumberjacks. So, I mean, that's how old this thing is. And I've never heard of it. Having studied cryptozoology all these years, it was like, you know, this was a new one on me. So as soon as I found NADP, I called up Jody and, you know, started chatting with him about that here and there, and, you know, a couple of days a week so I can get caught up on it. But I never told anybody about it. I never wrote my story about it, about the encounter, because I didn't want anybody going there getting hurt. I mean, we're talking a huge animal. I've, I've been to uh, Washington State, and I've seen uh, Kodiak bears over there, and they're not even this tall. They're not, they're not this big. I mean... Weight-wise, they outweigh the thing. It looked to be about 600 pounds. Height-wise, it was huge. I mean, I, I just, I just could not believe this thing. And uh, you said that this I, like was. I said, I... Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I just had a question. So you said that sure. this was a Type One variant. Would you mind describing what makes a Type One variant dogman uh, distinct unto itself? Well, there's like seven different variants and some people will disagree with some of the variants but the type 1 variant has like more of a, a wolf's head uh, very tall uh, and the other variants look anywhere from uh, uh, with with their teeth their, their uh, I guess you would call it their canine fangs <laughs> a canine variant 3 has, has large fangs it has a wolf's head but large fangs coming out. That's how you can distinguish it. This one th this one did not have that at the front. It had uh, very large teeth, but it looked like a wolf. It had uh, medium black hair. It had medium-sized ears that were sticking straight up. And I, I should mention it, well, as I said, it stood next to a stop sign. I should mention it was bipedal. You know, it was on two legs. It had walked off in two legs. I mean, to see something like this, it's, it's crazy. Uh, a Type 3 Variant 3 looks more like a, uh, a Sasquatch. A Type 3 Variant 2 looks, oh, God, it, it looks like a, uh, a cross between, jeez, I guess a lion and a, <laughs> and a wolf. And a Canine Variant 2 looks more like a hyena. But this one here looked more like, like your everyday wolf with a large snout and uh when the lights were shining off it, uh, I could see the eyes from where I was. And like I said, I was like 25, maybe 30 feet away. They were amber in color. So it's, it's, it, was, it was shocking to say the least. I, I'm used to uh, situations, and I don't freeze up, but 
seeing something like this with my own two eyes, after having been, like I said, down in Mexico, looking at a, a chubacabra, uh, being down in the Pine Barrens and speaking to a gentleman there that showed me what the Jersey Devil actually was. And now I'm seeing this thing here that I thought was a werewolf and find out later it's called a dog man. Just, I mean, like the, the listeners at home, a lot of people already know. Um, I had an encounter and, and it sounds very similar. Like it was seven foot, seven foot, five inches. That's pretty much how we figured from the ground to the, and it, when you see something like that and, and it, and it, it, the, the, uh, description you gave is very similar to mine i mean it's just it you, it looks it's just unreal it's hard to wrap your mind around you know and and as far as i know i mean it, it looked flesh and blood but you know from all the research i've done as of the last you know a couple of years it just seems like they're not what we think they are i mean everybody's there's this whole com- community that's just like very closed off and kind of clannish and and you know they they believe that they're flesh and blood and that's all there is to it and that we're going to someday discover them and that blah, blah, blah. But what you said about the light, that is a, that is something that has popped up several times just in the last couple months when I've been talking about these things. I got a, I got a story from someone, uh, and they, they swerping down this was a skinwalker. Now, a lot of times when somebody will give me a story, Nick, they, they don't say, um, they'll tell me the story. I saw this weird thing. Like today I was getting a haircut, literally. Yeah. This woman that gave me the haircut and I was talking to her and she and she works at this place and you know and they're in Austin and near the Arboretum and uh she told me that she saw that she saw something really weird when she was in Arkansas and I'd gotten my haircut there a couple I had like a membership there and I got my haircut a couple times there from a, from another lady and so I she was cutting somebody's hair right next to me I couldn't get in with her so I got in with this new girl and she was telling me a story that basically was like uh, she saw a rake. But she didn't call it that because she didn't know what that is. But uh-huh. she was describing what people talk about, this rake-looking creature. Uh, you know, of course, the name name rake is a creepypasta creation, but it doesn't matter. I mean, it's still people are seeing it. And this happened to her in Arkansas. And then in the area of Arkansas— Okay, it, it, like there, there's there's different dogman uh, sightings in the Ozarks where she said she was at, you know, and, and I've gotten reports of dogman there, and I've even gotten reports of a really weird looking creature that has horns. Uh, it looks kind of like a dogman, but it's got ram like curled horns. It's weird, and so you know, you you get all these weird reports. Well, here's the weird thing, you know, she, when she saw this rake looking type creature, they were staying in a cabin that was supposedly haunted there was paranormal activity that went on in that cabin. Then they see this thing and looking at them, her and her sister see this thing looking at them in the window. There's always this other element going on. It's like the Skinwalker Ranch. You have the UFO activity, but then you have dogman activity and reptilians and all kinds of other stuff that's going on. And you got like bunches and bunches of people that, that can attest to the, that these, to the, that these stories are real and that this stuff is really going on. And so you get all these people that, that that are telling you, hey, this is what, what I saw. I know what I saw. And then, you know, so there's this whole, like, closed off, like, community that, that's really starting to pee me off, you know, like, because th- th- anybody says anything about them not being flesh and blood, then they jump all over it. Like, you recently, uh, you wrote something on your group page, and I agree with a lot of it. I mean, you said that there's a, a, a high... 
UFO the activity that takes place in, in, around these areas where people see these dogmen. And I tend to exactly. agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had just completed a, over a research that took me over six months of over 367 different reports of encounters and sightings of dogmen and Sasquatch, Bigfoot, whatever you want to call that one. And it was either before, after, or both before and after the bright lights were seen like you would see a bright light and then Sasquatch would appear uh, for the sighting and then it would move off and then there would be another bright light or maybe they saw Sasquatch and he moved off and then there was a bright light again <clears throat> and out of all these reports like 80 some odd percent of them said that there was UFO activity reported anywhere from 10 minutes to two hours after the sighting of the Sasquatch or the Dogman. And it's a lot of the reports say where people have tried to track down, like say the Sasquatch, into the middle of a field and suddenly the prince ended. Yeah. I mean, where did he go? Yeah. You know, it's an open field and there's there's no more Sasquatch. Well, you know, unless he can jump like the Incredible Hulk, he's uh, he went someplace. So there's there's everything you got to you got you really have to keep a, an open mind you know like I I say you got to think out, outside the box with these things these days. Well, like I was saying, somebody had given me a story about uh, uh, that happened to them. This happened right outside of Waco. In fact, no, it wasn't Waco. I take that back. This was uh, in an area near Copper's Cove, here in Texas, and. Uh, it's like in between uh, here and Waco, but uh, it it was it was an area called Copper. It was a city called Copper's Cove, and, and or Copper's Cove, depending on how you say it. And there was a guy uh, that used to work for us and his uh, wife, and he he used the term skinwalker. Typically, when somebody gives me a story like I was saying, they don't they don't always preface it with like, okay, this is what I saw. It was a gargoyle. It was a vampire. You know, I label it wow. if if I can put it in the category you know and i can i can attest to the veracity of some of these people's character and uh, as far as their truthfulness and everything i can tell you that you know these people have you know and i i believe this guy was telling the truth when he told us this and he said that there was him and his wife were driving uh down a country uh, county road outside of copper's cove and um they saw a ball of light appear out of out of the uh, you know just out of the middle in the middle of the road further up in the road and Anthony was actually you were there when they told us the story and they said that this thing just appeared out of the ball of light they, that, this is what they told us and when you when you first told me about the light that's the, that's that's immediately what I thought about and I thought and I think these people were being truthful because I mean when they told us the story him and his wife they were very uh, adamant that that's what they saw. And they, they, they were very, uh, like they, they were retelling it and they were reliving it. And you could see that they had a lot of fear. And he said that it was one of the most terrifying things. He was very, he was afraid. They saw this, this entity, this creature like appear out of the ball of light, but it was, it was, and this was what was weird. And I guess this is why him and his wife described it as a skinwalker because, they said it was like kind of moving back and forth between being uh, human and wolf-like. And uh, as they got closer, they, they turned off onto another road, and this thing began to move di uh, like at a diagonal, I believe he said, 
going across a field, going toward them. And it was physical, but it was, but it appeared out of a light, out of a, out of a big ball of light. And I thought this was like, what, I mean, it's, it's a crazy story. Now, if you just took, if you were just a, a normal Joe, okay. And you were just, you know, standing in line at the local HEB, well, that's our grocery store, HEB. I don't know what you got up there, Nick, up in New Jersey, but say you were just Shop standing. Day. What is yeah. it? <laughs> ShopRite. ShopRite. Okay. So say you were just standing in line at the ShopRite, or for us it's H-E-B, and you're just standing there and somebody just, you just start casual conversation and they're like, hey, you know, uh, I saw this weird thing, you know, and like, I mean, you would think they were absolutely crazy. I mean, you know, even if it's somebody you know, like as an acquaintance and they just told you that, you see them at the store and you're like, hey, how you been? Blah, blah, blah. Well, I saw this weird thing, you know, and I mean, you would think they were absolutely crazy unless you were one of us. You know, the initial. Well, I was just going to say, you or I would say, uh, yeah, and uh, what did it look like? Yeah, and, uh, exactly. And then you start, <laughs> you go down the rabbit hole with them. I mean. Really? That, that cop, that's Copperas Cove, isn't it? Co- uh, Copperas, yeah, Copperas. Yeah, Copperas. Mm-hmm. Did he say the roadway was like 190? Uh, you know, like I that? can't even remember what the highway it? was. I don't, Anthony, do you remember no, the road it, they were on? No. I had. That might may have been one of the uh, three hundred plus uh, reports that I went through. That 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 sounds. No, I, I don't think he ever. This was somebody that wow. worked for us. I don't think he ever told that that story to anybody but us. Um, yeah, well, a lot yeah. of people don't want to say anything because people look at you funny. Yeah, and he told us this story probably a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. Mm. It was before he even they even started working for us, and they moved away. They moved to like Missouri or something, but. Uh, what's crazy though, I mean, that, that you would think just that story, you're going like, okay, so some werewolf guy appears out of a ball of light and begins to chase your car. So you think that's insane. I mean, you're thinking that's insane, but I had gotten a report very similar to that out of Oklahoma. Okay. Near Lake Texoma, which is obviously there's been what, what people would, would, would term, uh, dogman activity there, and even what what I term is, I call them devil monkeys. I mean, these creatures. Uh-uh. There was somebody that said they were right there uh, by Lake Texoma, in between there and Durant. You know, which is where I, when I go, you know, gamble. Sometimes I'll go up to Durant. You know, I like that Choctaw Casino, but it's a pretty nice resort. But uh, my wife likes it, and so anyway, I've been up there, Lake Texoma, in that area. And you know, you're driving around that lake. It's really beautiful in the daytime, but at night, it takes on kind of an eerie. You know, and there was somebody who said that they were out on the water fishing and that they had saw a yellow ball of light and these two creatures popped out of it. Boom. And they heard a popping noise and that they ended up on the shore. So, you you know, and then they said these things were just standing there on the shore watching them and they just took, they, they turned their boat on and they got out of there. But they, they saw this and now... I know that 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 the show These Woods Are Haunted on the the Travel Channel, and I know the the producers of it, and I know Michael Shin. He's a good good guy. He's a friend of mine, and and I have done a spot for them. I don't know when they're going to air it. You know, as of the, of the when this airs, I don't know how it's going to be before or after this airs. But uh, so I did a, I did a spot for it on Church of the Forgotten, which is one of our episodes that, that we did. And it's something that happened to me in Scorpion, but. That that show, ha- me me and him and and the pr- the other producer, we talked about these three guys that had uh, an experience that was on, I think it was season two, uh, um, or maybe it was the first season. I don't know I, I, how many seasons are there. I don't even know. I think there's been two already, 
It's either the first or the second season. I know that. But anyways, they, they, there was an episode where these guys were basically attacked and chased off by these dogmen right there at Lake Texoma. Now, they didn't report a light or anything like that. But, you know, you got to think that could be the same thing that whatever this other guy that gave me this report of, you know, being at Lake Texoma fishing because I had mentioned it once before, you know, in uh, either one of my groups or on the show. And this guy said, hey, you know, I was on Lake Texoma one night about midnight and I was, I was fishing with my brother, brother-in-law. And we saw this yellow light just kind of flickering and then just this spherical light. And then these two wolf-like creatures popped out of it. Mm. You know, that, that's not a coincidence. And then, the, you know, of course, you had those guys that had that terrifying experience that, and they were on that show, These Woods Are Haunted. So, you know, you're going like, okay, this is a, this is a theme. I mean, you're getting this uh, theme. I mean, it, it, it's crazy. I mean, you know, you don't even, it, it's so it's so hard to, to even fathom like uh, how much, uh, how many reports you get where there is a light that is reported. I know that there was another story and I know Linda had, Linda Godfrey had, had covered this one and then it ended up on a, uh, on a show. I think it was paranormal. Uh, I can't remember the name of the show. Anyways, it was, it was, it was about, it was called paranormal something. I can't remember what it was called. Paranormal survivor or the other one that, that's got a lot of sh the encounters on there. Do you have any idea, Anthony, what it's called? Anyways, the show they had it was up in Vermont, I believe, or Maine, something like that. And these people were sitting on their porch, and they see this ball of light appear, and then these wolf-like creatures come out and start, you know, harassing them. And basically, they end up. The gist of it is that they end up, you know, laying siege to their house, and 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 they're trapped mm. inside the house. And the, and the guy's wife had uh, told them that he couldn't, you know have his guns so his guns were in the barn okay <laughs> had the guns in the house just great place for that to be yeah and so and so i can't remember the name of the show but anyway paranormal or not uh no it was called paranormal uh i, I want to say survivor or or it was a show on yeah on, i think it was paranormal survivor on travel channel yeah <laughs> but but there was another one called on sci-fi i think called paranormal uh which I'm actually thinking that's the channel that that's the the, the one that it might be on, but the the same thing was reported that there was light. Paranormal witness. Paranormal witness. There you go. Uh, I was trying to remember. It was racking my brain trying to remember, but the, the, it was either paranormal witness or paranormal survivor. And I believe that Linda Godfrey covered it in one of her books. And I I did talk to Linda about that incident too. And we went over it like we talked about it. And if I remember correctly, it was you know she she put it in one of her books. And uh, so it, it was. It was crazy because the, the same thing happens. There's like this light, and then there's dogman activity, you know. And so people that will poo-poo, you know, your idea that there could be a connection between the UFO activity and you know, or the, or this light that people see. What is that? I mean, like, what is that? Because there's something to that. There's got to be. You know, where there's smoke, there's fire. You know exactly. I mean, how? I mean, why would it appear in all these reports that I've read? I mean, there's more than 367 reports out there. I, I picked the juiciest ones with the most detail. But uh, what what prompted me to to write it is because of all the the incidents that occurred with all these lights all the time, mm -hmm. and like with my incident in in particular. I mean, to me, this thing was flesh and blood because it was eating something. And it gave off a smell, an odor. And then the next day when I went back, the, the odor was there. And uh, 
that's what I put in my, my article. I'm saying, you know, could this, I mean, I don't want to just, you know, like you said, poo poo the fact that it could have some sort of extraterrestrial connection. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Dogman and Sasquatch could be somebody's pet, you know, alien pet that they let out to go romp around and exercise its legs for all we know. You know, it could be a, uh, uh, an advanced soldier checking out the soil, the water, uh, our military defenses and, and whatnot. I mean, you can't discard anything from the table because once you do that, then you're really, you know, lending a blind eye to the, to the whole deal. But yeah. this, this thing, to, this thing that I saw really did seem to be flesh and blood. Because why would it want to eat something? Yeah, and and, and that that's the thing too. Amazing. I mean, they do flesh and blood things. The one that I saw was like digging in a ditch, and you could see uh, it physically interacting yeah. with the earth, you know. And then, but you know, my friend's brother told me, you know, that that the, there was like this vapor that came off its back. So I don't. What is that? I mean. It looked like black ink kind of just vaporizing into the air. I mean, I was like, dude, that's crazy. I didn't see that. Like, he got a different vantage when he was inside, you know. And so you get these weird reports, and, and they don't they don't always jibe with what you would, you know, like you want to fit them into this neat little box. Like, you got some of these researchers, these idiot researchers, one in particular that I think is just a complete buffoon. And he's always out there tromping around trying to find Dogman, and he's convinced that it's just a flesh and blood creature. And I'm like, okay, yeah, dude. Yeah, you're really going to just find it. I really believe that one day you're just going to get this major breakthrough and you're going to find it. Yeah. Because I just don't believe that it's that simple. I don't think it's that simple. I mean, I just really don't. I think it's supernatural, and I think it's it's very paranormal. And, you know, this this idiot buffoon was telling me, well, it's not paranormal. It's a complete different than paranormal. Paranormal is one thing, dogman's another. No, whatever, dude. You know, you you want to put everything in a neat little box and say this is what it is and you think it's a, a, a you know, a complete, you know, it's flesh and blood. That's not correct. I mean, I just, you know, there's too many things that that go on with these things. I mean, I had an, a a guy that was a, a a you know, off he was a police officer working for a security company and he saw one of these things just like jump over a fence that was like, you know, 10 feet tall. I mean, you're just, and it just back and it's over this, you know, he's like, it was like a, a cartoon, you know I mean? Like, dude, there's no creature that's just going to do that, you know? And of course this guy was so scared. He, he, he ended up leaving his gun at the scene because he had pulled it out and he, and then this thing yelled through and it, you know, through and on the other side of the, uh, the, the chain link fence, and and the the infrasound as they as they call it you know went through his body. Uh, yes. I mean, it right. ripped through his body, and he was like, "What the heck?" And he fell and dropped him to his knees. I mean, you know, the, the, these things do things that are just so beyond like what normal creatures would do. These flesh and blood creatures would do. I mean, getting shot in the chest and it doesn't affect them. It doesn't phase them. You know, I mean, I've heard of them getting shot in the head. I mean. And then there's there's incidents of them appearing out of nowhere. Like I had a guy who was he was going up to his office. He worked at a lawyer's office, and he went into this office and he saw this shadowy thing moving around inside the office. And he looks through the window as he was about to turn the key to go into his office, and he sees this thing moving around, and it and it looked like a giant werewolf. And he was like, why is there a giant werewolf in my office? And so he... This was inside the building, right? No, no. It was, this was like his his office is like, is like you, you know, it's you pull up and go inside. You know, it's like like that. 
and he right. saw it, and okay. there was no. So if, you know, if he has uh, cameras, so you know, or, or a camera, and the next day, the front and back have cameras, no entry. There's nothing that that's there. I mean, he saw it with his own eyes, but there's nothing on camera. So I mean, you got this weird. And there's a whole but more to that story, and I'm going to tell it eventually at some point. But I, like I said, yeah. I have so many stories. But there's this whole element that's going on that we can't figure out. You know, I mean, well, these things might be vibrating at a existing and vibrating at a different wave level. Yeah. Than we exist at, mm -hmm. so it's it's very possible that it was going in, sliding in and out, and he was able to, to actually see it at that point. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why I can't discount anything. I mean, when when I go out there and do field investigations with a team, we're we're adding to what we normally would go out there with, besides defensive weapons and and pepper spray and electronic fast flashbangs, uh, hypersonic whistles, uh, four thousand lumen flashlights, because I want to hit them with at all their senses if they're if we're able to. And heck, I even go out there with a, a baggie full of uh, salt, table salt, and uh, a flask full of uh, holy water. You never know what you're, what you're going to come upon. Yeah, because you don't know what you're dealing with. I mean, some people would listen to this and go, oh, that's ridiculous, whatever. Let me tell you something. People that are listening at home, and, and for all you people that are on board with the whole 100% flesh and blood thing that we're dealing with here, if you feel that as many reports as, as me and Nick have, okay, that don't jibe with the whole just absolute flesh and blood, you know, then you will know what we're talking about. And there are a lot of, of uh, shows and what are, that are committed to d just making it, you know, th this is what it is. It's just, you know, a lot of uh, um, the groups, I should say, whatever, that are committed to that. And that's fine. You want to you want to be on board with just the, you're putting yourself into a box and believing that one day you're going to get this magical breakthrough and you're going to get all this evidence but even if you did get evidence of one of these creatures, like you said, there's several different variants. And I've talked to my friend Vic about this many times, and you know, and Vic Cundiff, and and he's he, you know, we've talked about the different types, and he's well aware that there there are there is an ethereal quality to, to a lot of these reports. I mean, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. You know, like like that people mess around with certain objects, like Ouija boards. And then something happens. My wife had her encounter, you know, up in the in the Mojave Desert, and and when she was a child, and her and her sister saw one that that uh, they found a planchette, you know, that somebody had obviously left there when they first moved into that house, and they had messed with it, and right. they were playing with it, you know, not not a Ouija board, but a, just a planchette, and then this thing appeared, you know, like later in the, the next uh -huh. night or whatever, and it appeared to be looking for someone, you know, and it was a shadowy type creature, you know. And you get all these reports of these uh, entities that that just appear to be dog-headed type entities, and and you, you know, just because something is interacting and, and appears to be physical doesn't mean that that's its true nature. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean it's going to be friendly either. No, and that's another uh, thing. I argued with somebody today in one of the groups about how she communicates telepathically with them, and that they're all friendly and good and all this stuff, and people are sitting there, you know, going along with that. You know, and I don't think she's a bad person. I think she's just a little misguided. I just don't agree. I do not agree. Ninety percent of the encounters are hostile, and they're like, "Oh well, because you got away." You know that that proves that they're not mean. Not necessarily. There's a lot not of people that swim no. with great white sharks and they don't get attacked. That just means that that great white is you know not hungry. 
You know, I mean, maybe not it wasn't hungry. No. Yeah, maybe it wasn't no, hungry, or it doesn't know what you are, or it 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 knows that you spotted it. And typically, you know, I've I've watched Shark Week. Everybody has, and you see these these oh, seals yeah. swimming around, doing loops around these great whites, kind of taunting the great white because they know that the great white is an ambush predator. And once you've once you've made it and you've seen it, then they're they're pretty much they're like, okay, I'm not going to be able to kill this prey because mm. it, it knows I'm there, so it doesn't really attack. Crocs and and uh, great whites are are pretty much ambush predators. That's what they do. You know, they they, they right. pop up, you know, and get you when you're not you're not able to see them because you know I've heard lots of guys talk about these these creatures. It's like it's not the ones you see you got to worry about. It's the one that you don't see. You don't mm-hmm. see exactly. Mm-hmm. And something you were touching on before, I just want to bring out to the people that either believe or don't believe, or the guys that really truly believe and they want to find one. Uh, you know, it might just find you out there, and then what? What's your game plan from there? What yeah. are you going to do about it? <laughs> are you equipped? Are you prepared? Like I said, I'm. I've got a lot of experience in doing these things. You know, from paramilitary training and, and police SWAT training and stuff like that. I, I don't freeze and I'm going out there with six other guys and we are defensively armed and we do have a plan, but you're going to go out there by yourself or with your girlfriend or your wife. And then what, what's yeah. your, what is your plan? You know, I, I, I would hope they would at least go out there with some pepper spray to just give them enough time to run, you know, and do something. And, but if it's not a uh, flesh and blood thing, and it's immune to that, then what? Uh, so, I mean, I, I wouldn't go out there chancing it, actually. Well, you know, I, I mean, at all. I, I don't know if you're familiar with Dark Waters. Uh, he's a friend of mine. And, you know, one of the things yes. that he, he had said that, you know, he had gone out to Taylor, Mississippi to, to, to with this friend of his to, to, to see if they were real. And then the guy, they started mm-hmm. to panic and the guy drove uh-huh. off and left him in the street. And then the guy came back <laughs> and he jumped in the back of the truck and, you know, that that's a story that, that – that, and you hear about this kind of stuff. And now that kind of reverberates as another story that I got. And this was near Bastrop. And, and, and now back before there was a big fire back in, I think – was it 2009, Anthony, when they, everything got burned up? I believe so. Yeah. And so there, it was called the Lost Pines. There's a bunch of them out there, like just a bunch of piney woods. And uh, you get a lot of Sasquatch reports. And, and not I didn't get too many Dogman reports, but this guy, he claimed that he was out there one time and – and near the little lake out there in Lake Bastrop, and that he was going out toward his fishing hole, and he he saw across the the lake uh, this dogman looking creature. He thought it was a sasquatch, and he was drunk. And he told me because I was drunk, you know. And I and and he's he's a guy I've known for years. We call him Spike, you know. And Spike threw a uh, rock at this thing, and uh, so so he went back and he told his his uh, brother in law. This happened way back, you know, in the years ago, back in the late nineties. And he said, I went back and told my brother-in-law and, and about it. And so the brother-in-law's like, nah, and he's like, yeah, dude. And so they, he, his brother, he's like, I'm not going back over there. So his brother-in-law took his wife, which is Spike's sister. And they go out there and they start tromping around out in that area. And yeah, they run into two of them. And, 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 and like to this day, they have, they didn't, he's never told my friend, what happened to him, you know, and like I, I have, I've never gotten the story from him. I tried reaching out to Spike a while back. I could get a hold of him, but I never got that, the, the complete story because this, these things chased them back to their vehicle. And that was all that, that the, his sister would tell them, tell him it was, you know, that they just got chased and it was a close call. And one of them like rammed into the, the back, the back of the truck and moved the truck. 
as a Ford F-150 and that they were, they were terrified, you know, and then they just kind of got, you know, they, they got away and, uh, he told them that, that, you know, didn't, didn't even give them a description. He said, they're real, that you're, you're, you were being honest. There's something real out there. And he had no game plan. He went out there just, you know, and like I said, he never did give him the, you know, description. And this was something he told me and my buddies, you know, that we were all working at the bar, you know, and he said, I've, I've seen something similar to that, you know, and he goes, I couldn't tell if I was, I was what I was seeing because it was, it was perfectly still. So I threw a rock, you know, and he goes, and it moved and it kind of had a small snout on it. And he goes, that's crazy. So I, he goes, I just got nervous and I walked back to my, my vehicle and took off. But then he told his brother-in-law, who's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go out there and mess with that. And he went out there with no game plan and almost got, you know, and we really don't know what happened because I've never gotten the full story. So I've never told it because it, but just we're on that, on this thread of like, you know. Right. Yeah. And so let me ask you this, changing gears a little bit here. You you say you you know what the chupacabra is. Like, then we're, we're going to get into that. What is What is that? Tell us what that is. Well, the chupacabra, chupacabra, of course, means uh, goat sucker. It was uh, first seen in uh, in Puerto Rico. She's going back quite quite a while now, and uh, it it looks like it looks like a very large dog, a hybrid dog. Mm-hmm. Personally, the one I did see, it looked like a a hybrid of a wolf and a coyote mix. These things, evidently, they're hairless except for a ridge line of hair on the top of their on the top of their bodies. Uh, looks like they have some sort of a skin disease. They have a grayish color, mm-hmm. and because of this skin disease, this is this is my my take on it. I think they're no longer good hunters. So what they do is they go after like domestic type animals, like uh, sheep and goats and chickens and, and the like. Mm-hmm. And they had, they do have two fangs at the top of their of their teeth there that they sink into the back of the neck. I mean, a, a dog, if a dog's fighting another dog, they're going to go for the neck. And from what I've checked out down in southern Texas near the Tex-Mex border, mm-hmm. and when I did finally get to go over into Texas, the uh, Chudad Juarez area of Texas, a friend of mine who lives in Texas, El Paso, he heard about it. He told me. I flew down. We went over the border. He speaks Spanish very fluently, so he came with me. And we went to this ranch because it's like a cowboy ranch down there. And let's see. I'm trying to remember how you pronounce this. A Chihuahua? No. Uh, you're talking about Chihuahua or Tijuana? What are you talking about? No. C-H-I-H. Chihuahua. Chihuahua, yeah. Chihuahua, the desert. It's right near the Rio Grande. Mm-hmm. It's like a cowboy ranch. They've got uh, you know cowboys out there, and he's got chickens, and he's got you know he's got some cattle. And it's pronounced Ciudad. Ciudad. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> I can't pronounce that. Yeah. <laughs> New Jersey boy here. And you're Italian, really right? Yep, that's it. Yeah. Ginzo's through and through. But we went over the border there. It was in 2011, and. Uh, <laughs> Being, uh, I guess these people, they like to bargain a little bit. He wanted 20 bucks to show me this this animal that he shot that nailed two of his goats and one of his sheep, and, and they hit him on the neck, and he and he's, and he's telling my, my buddy, he's going, no blood, no blood. There was no blood coming out of these things. And, you know, when, like, when, you get, when you get shot, hit, bit, or whatever, and you die instantly, 
your, your heart stops pumping blood. Mm-hmm. Okay. And after a while, that blood is going to coagulate inside your body. So it's not going to be spilling out anymore. It's not going to be pumping. Anyway, he showed us this thing and this thing, I measured it with a roller cause I came prepared, uh, 38 inches long. It was hairless. It, the, the skin was terrible looking. And like I said, it looked like a, a wolf coyote type of hybrid mix. It was pretty long though. Um, what he did was, I, I, I asked him if, uh, if I could cut open one of the sheep or the goats that this thing killed. And he didn't want to let me do it because I guess he wanted to keep the, uh, the wool or the, the skin. So for another 20 bucks, he cut the thing open. And I pointed out some of the arteries in there. And I asked him if he would cut the arteries. So he cut a couple of them. And he was kind of upset about it. He didn't want to get any blood on the, uh, the sheep, you know, the, the, the wool and everything because I guess he was going to sell it. He did cut them, and nothing ran out. It was coagulated in there. It looked like uh, cherry jello. Yeah. So I bet you're not going to want to eat cherry jello anymore after that story. But uh, <laughs> put a little whipped cream on it, and I guess it would taste good. But nothing ran out of this thing. Nothing. Nothing at all. I asked him if he would cut the goat, and he didn't want to do that. So, well, that's that's what the, the tube or cobber one was. And, I mean, I proved it to myself. Like I said, I'm in this to prove or disprove. To me, I disproved what the chubacabra was. It wasn't some kind of a, uh, I mean, this is just to me. Anybody else, they can search all they want. Mm-hmm. But I at least proved it to myself that this wasn't some kind of uh, unknown, you know, paranormal animal out there going, uh, killing animals left and right. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something. I did Go a ahead. show about the chubacabra, and I don't know if you've listened to that or not, but one thing I I learned is that there's two different things going on. And I have actually seen these things. I've seen them twice. I saw back in 2008, I was working at a security post and I would see these things, which now we're, we're they're calling them blue dogs. Mm-hmm. My good friend, Ken Gerhardt, and he lives uh, like 90 miles away uh, down in San Antonio. And uh, we have I've talked, mo- like, like me and you talk, you know, me and him talk. Yeah. And, and and me and Ken were just talking one day, talking shop, and and we we'll call each other and say, hey, you you know, you see this, this is interesting, and we'll talk or whatever. And one of our conversations we were having, I talked to him about this blue dog, and I said, hey, I'm about to do an episode on the uh, chupacabra, and then he referred me to Nick Redfern, and we talked too, and I talked to both of them, and and I said, look, I've I've seen these things, and. They they both explained to me that it's it's actually not as rare as I thought it was. It's, it's you know, Ken actually saw one one time when he was near Abilene uh, coming back from a conference. I believe he said it was Abilene. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So he saw one just running across the road. And then me and my wife saw like two of them uh, right there on Lamar in, in Austin, Texas. And, you know, it's uh, right there in North Lamar. Uh, real close to his apartment complex right there on one side. And then there's like a big cemetery on the other side, but they were running toward the cemetery and yeah, they were very much flesh and blood creatures. And when we pulled up, we could see them down like in the little gully looking up at us and they were clear as day. You wouldn't be able to get a good picture of them, you know, because it was dark, you know, but you, you could see them. I mean, you could make a make out with, you know, you could see the gray and whatever, and I told my wife, I said, yeah. I've seen these before, you know, in 2008, there was one that was always creeping around in my job site. And uh, I just thought it was a mangy coyote. But when I saw it mm-hmm. on TV, I was like, oh, that's that's not a chupacabra at all. That's what that is. But now there's another thing. 
I've gotten reports, and even even around, and and I just call it that chupacabra because I don't know what it is. I have no idea, but it's like this weird looking, like alien type critter with like spiky looking. Sometimes it has ridges or nodules and spikes, and then it kind of hops around. and And I've gotten reports of that. And I had a guy that worked for us out by the lake, by Lake Travis, and uh, he's swarping down that this thing looked like. If you took like a gray alien and you turned it into, made it a little more reptilian, gave it scales and kind of changed the, the, the color around a little bit, you know, and, and when, when he, and he was, he was not like a hundred percent, you know, like, uh, like, okay, this is absolutely what I saw because it was quick. You know, he saw it pretty quick, but then we had my friend Willie draw it. He tried to draw it and, you know, and then Willie drew it from what he described to him my late friend Willie and uh the, the 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 pictures were pretty similar but a little bit different you know like from the description that he gave Willie from what he was drawing himself because he couldn't draw it exactly and he said that Willie's picture was very you know looked similar to what he saw and it looked like this little demonic impish looking thing and I had that picture for a long time and I was like that's a chupacabra and then we had Willie, uh, he had drawn a picture for this lady that claimed that she had been uh, in alien abduction. Uh, same thing. This little impish looking creature was on this, like, which she thought was either a facility or a ship. She couldn't say. And the pictures, when Willie shows me, he's like, look at the pictures, you know, and, and they're very similar. And yeah. uh, so you could, you could make the argument that that is the chupacabra. You know, and then there's just, there was a whole, you got to go back and listen to the episode, Nick. It's, it, you and folks at home, yeah, yeah. you'll listen to the episode and you'll see that there's more going on with this chupacabra than, than, than just the blue dog. There's something else there. Uh, in particular, the Puerto Rican version is some sort of little reptilian looking creature. And they say that if you're in, in and I say they, you know, and Tolstoy says if people say they, they don't know who they are. But what, you know, what I mean by they is there are people who live in the jungles in the area around, you know, the, the, these, where these creatures are in Puerto Rico. And in Puerto Rico, they say that if you're there uh, and you come across one of these little creatures that they hiss and they hop around and that you're supposed to hum or sing a little tune and, and it, it kind of lulls them to inactivity. That's the, the folklore behind it. Uh, and I've heard that multiple times that people have said that that's what they tell you to do. I don't know that that's the truth. I don't, and I'm not, not a hundred percent on that, but, um, there is something else going on besides just the, uh, the little, the dog like chupacabra, which I believe I'm, I'm on, on the same page with you that it's a type of ailment, uh, through some sort of crossbreeding. And if you, inbreed too much anything it comes out messed up and if you outbreed too much then it comes out messed up and if you you know these things supposedly when ken gerhard did the dna they did the on the show that he was on i don't remember the name of it uh but he because he's on tv like all the time but they did a show about it they had i think i think i think that one was monster quest i think i'm not 100 percent, but they did the dna and it was like dog different types of dog, you know, and then there was wolf and then there was coyote and then there was some unknown. Yeah. That was monster quest. I remember that. Monster quest. Okay. Yeah. So, so that, that, that's what you got going on there. I mean, but then the unknown is really weird. And that's all the time we have for this week, folks. Tune in next Friday for the second of our three part interview of discussing dog man with Nick Valente 
of the North American Dogman Project. But for now, good night. <laughs>